we give God the glory for what he has done and what he is doing in the life of hope. It's just uh, refreshing when we are open uh, with the Lord first and then open with ourselves. I don't know about you, but um, I've watched that video a few times uh, this week and uh, it's just, uh, it's uplifting. Uh, it's encouraging. And that's what we are to be to each other, to encourage one another, motivate one another, to help strengthen each other. So we thank Hope for her courage to step forward and set forth your testimony. And I think it's all of a, a plan of God that, you know, in my own personal life, my own personal walk of faith, that he led me uh, to the fellowship. And I talk about this from time to time, but uh, the Lord has led me and my family here to the, the fellowship and now watching that, uh, that testimony, that sense of family. And in our study of Philippians, that sense of unity and rejoicing together that Paul is encouraging the church at Philippi to do. And then this morning when I came in, I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. and Mrs. Gord, and they're longtime members here uh, of the fellowship, and they told me about uh, years gone by, the early church, the early uh, Two Rivers Baptist, and it was just a pleasure to meet them. Once again, that sense of unity as I began to meet more and more of you and to interact with you more and more. That sense of unity and togetherness and being one in the body of Christ. But now for just a little while, we'll go to Philippians. As we finish out the first chapter in Philippians, And today our message is coming from verses 27 through verse 30 as we conclude this chapter. And beginning at verse 27. And if you would, if your health allows, let us stand in reverence unto the reading of God's holy word. Help get your blood moving a little bit. Philippians, the first chapter, beginning at verse 27. And I'm reading the New King James Version. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it has been granted 
on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Thank you, and you may be seated. And our message today is entitled, Your Conduct is Important. Your conduct, our conduct is important. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you once again for this day, this time together. Lord, just thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And now, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me through this message. Cause me not to speak from my flesh. And Lord, we're just careful to give you honor, praise, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look at our message here today, beginning at verse 27, as Paul continues to encourage the church at Philippi, he says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Only, only, just beginning right here with only, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. If we go back and look at Galatians, as we start out here today, Galatians, the first chapter, and the sixth verse. In his letter to the Galatians, he said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, that what you have received, let him be a curse. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ. Going back to Philippians 1, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. Only let your conduct, and the word here, conduct, as we interpret it in its original sense, means to live as a citizen. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your lives as citizens, more importantly, he was telling them, more importantly than being a Roman or a Greek, but a citizen of heaven. Live on this earth as you will be living in heaven. Live as a citizen of heaven on this earth. Only let your conduct, only let your living, your everyday lives be worthy of the gospel of Christ. You know, it's more important to live as a child of God, as a citizen of heaven, 
as a child of the king than as a Republican, than as a Democrat, than as a black man or a white man. It's more important that we live as a child of the king, a child of God. That is first and foremost, because the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care about who you are, what your nationality is, the color of your skin. It's all about our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul is trying to get across. Remember now that Paul is under house arrest. Paul is in prison. And in our last messages last week, I'm sure you heard about that Paul said that to live is Christ and to die is gain. He had reasoned out in his mind that it was a win-win situation. So that whether you live or whether you die, that God, the Lord, be magnified in you. So on this earth, as we live out our lives amongst one another and amongst others, it's important that we live as citizens of heaven, that we know who we are and whose we are. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Live a called life. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we are the called out ones. That is the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Have you answered the call or are you just coming to church each week? Have you truly answered the call? Let us look at Ephesians. In the other prison epistle, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the first verse, Paul writes, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. Once again, worthy. Walk worthy. Live worthy. Walk worthy worthy each and every day, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You were called by the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He called you one day. I remember when he called me one day. It was distinct. It was clear in my mind. And I decided to answer not to then try to make myself perfect, but to first answer the call. It's kind of like uh, catching fish, and that's how it is in catching people for the Lord. You have to allow yourself to be caught as a fish and let the Lord clean you. Just as it is when we're presenting the gospel to people, be fishers of men. Just catch them, then let the Lord do 
the cleaning. So let the Lord catch you today. If you haven't been caught, if you really haven't answered the call, let him catch you. And then let him clean you. Back to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Oneness. It's all about the oneness within the body of Christ. That's what Paul was trying to get across to the church at Philippi. That's what I'm trying to get across today. A oneness in this body of of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, back to Philippians, the first chapter, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. There's that one again. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hear of your affairs. Paul was saying whether I'm there or not, whether I'm released or not, whether I remain in prison, that I may hear of your affairs, holding them accountable for their affairs, their lifestyle, their daily walk, not only as individuals, but he was holding the church accountable for their affairs of what they were doing amongst the people. So our daily affairs are important. How we conduct ourselves at school or on the job or in the community, our daily affairs are important. That we conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that you stand fast in one spirit. You know, when I read about that standing fast, it came to my mind in 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, about the 12th verse. It talks about one of the mighty men of David, Shema, and how the Philistine soldiers came, a troop of the Philistine soldiers, and the people were in the field. And as these soldiers came up and they had a field of lentils, and as these Philistines came up, the people fled. But Shema, he stepped forward and he defended this bean patch. It says right there, smack dab in the middle of the bean patch, Shema stepped forward and he defended his ground. So it is with us. We have to defend the gospel. Defend your family. Defend your salvation. Defend your brethren. Stand fast in the midst of your bean patch. 
and defend what's yours, your life that God has given you, your home, your family. Stand fast and fight against the enemy. And it goes on to say that the Lord gave them the victory. It's not what we do when you stand fast in the middle of the fight. Stand still and watch the glory of the Lord come passing by. He will fight your battles. But the Lord, it says, gave that victory. It's not us, not what we do in the flesh, but it's the Lord that gives the victory. Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together. I hate to do it, but I have to get into our lesson from next week in the second chapter. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 of the second chapter of Philippians. Let the mind of Christ be in you, in us. Not just being concerned about ourselves, but about others. Jesus wasn't concerned about himself. When he allowed himself to be hung wide on the cross. Now he was doing it for others, for us. That we might have a right to the tree of life. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Loving others, compassion for others, forgiving others. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. Striving means making great efforts to obtain or achieve something. It takes work to come together in a church. You have to strive, put forth effort. That's what he was letting the church know at Philippi. That's what I'm expressing to you today. It's not always easy when you have a group of people. Feelings get hurt sometimes. People get upset. Forgiveness is important. Always seven times 70. Make great efforts to obtain or achieve something. Paul was setting forth the example that he was making a great effort. There he was in jail. Had traveled hundreds and, and thousands of, of miles to spread the gospel, to establish churches. He had to submit himself to the Lord. We have to submit ourselves to the Lord. If we look at James, the fourth chapter. James, the fourth chapter. As we begin to wind down our message. James, the fourth chapter. You see, Paul couldn't have been a man of, of much pride, a lot of pride and just concerned about self to do what he had done and to do what he was doing in this prison cell. 
he had expressed earlier that even in the midst of being put in prison, it was for the furtherance of the gospel. He had to submit himself. Man, he had to humble himself. The Lord wants all of us to submit ourselves. And sometimes we have to resubmit. See, Paul had already been submitted to the Lord, but during this time in prison, it occurs to me in my mind that he resubmitted himself. How many of us need to resubmit ourselves? Because over time, pride sneaks in the best of us. But it says here in James, the fourth chapter, picking up in the sixth verse, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How much of a fight are you putting up against the devil in your lives? How much are you resisting? Is it just a little or is it a lot? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? But if you resist him, it says, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I'm a witness. It seems like when I take a step toward the Lord, he takes two or three. Draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And now going back to Philippians, the first chapter. Picking up in verse 28. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, that is, damnation as his adversaries, his own countrymen, and the officials at Rome were going against him and, and looking to kill him. It was proof of their damnation. Let it be noted that Nero, who it was reported that had Paul executed a few years after this epistle committed suicide. So you have to let the Lord fight your battles. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and he will repay. It's not us, up to us to repay anybody. Vengeance is the Lord's. But to you of salvation and that from God. Paul was saying that the suffering that he was going through, the persecution from the people, it all comes from God. What we go through in life, our persecutions, our, our suffering, it's allowed by God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. That is allowed, permission given 
For to you it has been given, permitted, on behalf of Christ, because of Christ, because of him shed in his blood for you and for me, his great sacrifice. And now it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only for us to believe in him, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created unto good works. It's a gift. Our faith is a gift from God. To believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's the good part, but this is the part that we kind of struggle with. But also to suffer. Oh, Brother Tim, I was with you till you got to this part. <laughs> Ready to shout, and then now you come talking about suffering. But they that suffer with Christ shall one day reign with Christ. We have to remember that. That's part of it, to suffer with Christ, to suffer for his church, to suffer for the body of Christ, to suffer. And when we think about suffering, we think about it's not about just suffering in general, but to suffer for his sake, whatever involves Christ and the gospel in our lives. I'll tell on our family, our air condition went out a few weeks ago, about a month. Man, it was really hot. You would have thought the world ended for us. <laughs> it was hot. And we really thought we were suffering. But that's not the suffering for his sake. Suffering for his sake involves the church, your walk of faith whether you be persecuted by, by man or by Satan, you continue to walk by faith and not by sight. I remember what, what Hope said in the video that she just wasn't feeling it at a certain segment in her life. And you know, sometimes we don't always feel it, but you got to keep on walking by faith and not by sight. Walking in God's word, knowing that his word is a, a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He'll show us the way to go in life, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. While he was at the church of Philippi, while he was at Philippi, the people had saw when he and Silas were persecuted, they had been beaten, they had been put in prison. They had saw that with their own eyes. He was bringing that to their remembrance. And also now in Rome, what you hear that is in me, 
I'm still going through suffering and persecution. But he was letting them know that they would be going through it too. In the body of Christ, remember that they that suffer with Christ shall one day again reign with Christ, having the same conflict because now the church was beginning to be persecuted more and more in Philippi. And it would continue to increase in the years to come. So think it not a strange thing when fiery trials come before us in life. Don't think it's strange. Expect it to come in our lives. But count it all joy. Whatever comes before us, tribulations, persecution, count it all joy. And in whatsoever state that we find ourselves in, be content. Your conduct is important. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we hope and pray that everything that has been done in this service today is pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Lord, we remember the great efforts of, of Paul and others. But most of all, Lord, we remember, Jesus, we remember your great sacrifice when you hung upon the cross and you shed your blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So, Lord, we acknowledge you in all of our ways. And we know that when we do that, you shall direct our paths. Lord, bless this church. Forgive us of our sins. Lead us and guide us throughout all the days of our life. And Lord, as we sing another song of praise unto you, this calls us to open our mouths and give up a sacrifice of praise together with the praise team unto you. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.